Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to another hopefully great episode of a Colts podcast brought to you by FanNation on SI.com. My name is Brandon, and I'm joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Frickin' Moore. How the hell are you, brother? Man, it's been a while. Two-week hiatus for us, but I'm feeling good. Got to spend the 4th of July celebrating the greatest country in the history of the world out on the lake with my fiance and her family. Coming back, now I'm ready to preview some Colts football. Is training camp less than three weeks away, believe it or not? How you doing, man? Ah, <laughs> that is a loaded question. <laughs> I think the last time we had an episode, I was quite stressed. I had a lot going on before buying my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, roadblocks in the way, trying to prevent me from purchasing my home. Now I'm in the home. New office, first episode in the new house. Everybody, there it is. A little clapping uh, during during the rock music here. Um, first episode in the new house. No AC. Uh, here's what happened. Okay. This home was built in 1988. The AC unit sitting outside my home is the same one that came with the house when it, when it was new. 34-year-old AC unit. It made it 34 years. Had a good run. Gives up three days after I close on this house. Not great. Unbelievable. I mean, just <laughs> the worst luck of all time. Hello, Stats Matt. Welcome back. It has been forever two weeks. Uh, we we're going to have an episode last week, and uh, my life was in shambles. Could not. Could not do that. Um, hello, Kyle Adams as well. Don't know you, but glad you're here. Uh, anywho, Andrew, as you said, camp's a mere three weeks away. We need to start talking about stuff leading up to said camp. Uh, and today we're going to talk a, a little bit of uh, Colts offensive preview for the 2022 season. Uh, and, and let's dig in. Andrew, what in the hell can we expect from Matt Ryan this season? Well, let's, let's just talk about the offense in general, I think. I mean, I, I think... Put I think that the, in the outline next time, and that's what I'll lead with. But well, Andrew, let's talk about the offense and what we can expect <laughs> from the offense this season. Then we'll dig a little into Matt Ryan, and et cetera. Yeah, I think I mean I think the offense is in a good spot. I think especially in in some certain situ- certain position groups, namely the quarterback position, the Colts are, have have upgraded this offseason. And uh I I think that the Colts they they definitely don't want to be as run centric as they were last year, especially towards the end of the season. They would Frank Reich would like to have a little bit more balance in in the in the offense. And I think they can they can really sustain that and really accomplish that, especially with the guy that you just mentioned, Matt Ryan under center. I think this Hell offense yeah. is gonna look a lot different than it did in in 2021. You're not gonna see a guy that holds on to the ball forever, a guy that that has to wait to see the wide receiver open before he throws the ball. You're going to see Matt Ryan in this timing-based offense that Frank Reich runs. The ball's going to come out quick. It's going to come out on time, and it's going to come out accurately into those wide receivers' hands or those the running backs' hands, whoever, so they can catch the ball, turn up field, and get some yards after the catch, something that Frank Reich really likes to utilize in this offense, and he wasn't able to do so in 2021. So I think you're, the whole the whole paradigm of this offense is going to shift. It's going to be maybe not as many as many deep shots, although Matt Ryan is still one of the best deep throwers of the football in the National Football League. The, the offense is just going to have more rhythm to it, and I think you're going to see that right away. Do you, I think that the offense is going to come out, and Matt Ryan in particular is going to come out throwing 300 yards and four touchdowns? Not necessarily. I do think it's going to take some two, time. probably. <laughs> Week two. I, I do think it's going to take some time for him to get used to his new teammates, but, uh, but I think the offense, and I, I Frank Reich spoke to this before they broke for the summer, This the offense is going to be – more of a well-oiled machine rather than the roller coaster that it was last year with Carson Wentz under center. I love it when Andrew just, you know, talks about the whole subject in one breath. No back and forth. No conversational 
etiquette. Uh, I mean, just absolutely unbelievable. Um, Kyle, we're going to get there. We're going to get to wide receivers here. But, uh, yeah, I think you're going to see, at first, at least an attempt at a more balanced attack. Um, I saw I saw a little tweet the other day. I think it was from PFF, too. I don't, I don't remember for sure. Fan Nation. I don't know. But it was, oh, do you think Jonathan Taylor will rush for 2,000 yards this season? And I said, I hope he doesn't. I said, if he does, something's wrong. Uh, something has gone wrong. So we're looking to be more balanced this year. Um, if anything, hopefully we're not playing from behind and hopefully I'm, you know, I'm wrong, but I, I think if anything, it ends up being more pass heavy um, unless we're playing with a lead. So, you know, back, we're not going to win every game, so it'll likely go back and forth. And at the end of the season, I think you're going to see some really even numbers um, from the offensive side in regards to balance. Well, I think, I think, being more pass heavy isn't necessarily a bad thing. The Colts would like to have about a 60-40 split between run and pass. Last year it was more about 50-50 and Frank Reich admitted that that they they became too run centric, too too predictable. Love Tom Brady coming Tom back. Tom Brady's back, back, baby. Hey, Tom Brady saying go out of retirement, Tom Brady. That's a first one. Anyways, but yeah, I, I I do think that that being having that sixty forty pass to run split that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's what Frank Reich wants in this offense, and I I really just I think it's going to look a lot like it did in twenty twenty with Philip Rivers, and it's going to look a little bit more like it did in twenty eighteen with Andrew Luck, right? More timing based throws, more quick passes to get it into the receiver's hands in space, really, and and. I kind of want, I wanted to ask you this too, I think, or, or I wanted to see what your opinion on it was. I'm really excited to see kind of what different concepts that Matt Ryan brings from Atlanta and his past experience and, and how he and Frank Wright can implement that into this offense to see different wrinkles that, that we probably haven't seen in the past, but, but things that Matt Ryan has excelled at while with the Falcons and kind of putting that into the Colts playbook. So, so they can kind of get him not only more familiar, but, but just more into rhythm to start the season. So something that I think uh, won't necessarily be, you know, a new wrinkle that we haven't seen, um, just a wrinkle that we saw two years ago. We've And we're going to talk about this, and I hate to skip over something here, but in regards to the offense as a whole, I think you're going to see a lot more dump-offs to the to the running backs, especially Naheem Hines. Um, I, it's, it's what... I mean, it's what Matt Ryan does best. I mean, Cordero Patterson, a guy who was a return man forever, who couldn't get it going at wide receiver, all of a sudden he bulks up a bit, and you you see him getting drafted as a running back in fantasy football. You're like, what are we talking about here? And then he has one of the best seasons of any running back in the league, uh, and a lot of that is from you know catching passes from Matt Ryan. Um, so I think you're going to see that be the newest newest or most brought back throwback situation um in this offense for sure yeah absolutely and i think we can even move on to that topic of how the impact of the running backs on the offense here in 2022 and stats matt i'm gonna take over producing for just one second here stats matt brings up a good point and says heinz and jt will both have over 40 receptions i'd agree with that i think that's a very big possibility Jonathan Taylor, I, I'm not exact. I think he had around 40 receptions last year, and I think Naheem Hines will be right he there. Had more. He could have, should have had more. Definitely could have had more. And and you brought up that point of Pro Football Focus tweeting out, "Will Jonathan Taylor hit 2,000 rushing yards next year?" And and I don't think so. Not because I don't think Jonathan Taylor can't do it. I think he absolutely can do it. But I just think this Colts offense is going to be more balanced, and they're not going to have to put the entire offense on JT's back for them to be successful because you have a Matt Ryan because you have Michael Pittman Jr. who from spring practices people looks pretty damn good and already in sync with Matt Ryan I think that connection is going to take off pretty quickly right getting Naheem Hines more involved then we talk about the other weapons that will uh, on this offense it's just not going to be all on Taylor's shoulders to to drag this offense down the field, which is just going to make him better late in the season. Mm -hmm. It's just going to make him better late in the season. He's going to be more fresh. 
No, absolutely. And, and that's why you're, you might not necessarily see the 25 to 30 carries, but if you keep him maybe between 15 to 20 carries and he gets a hundred yards a game or something like that, he could be between the 1500, 1600 yards and, and still be very, very fresh to end the season and, and into the playoffs when the Colts are really going to need Jonathan Taylor. So I still think that, that the running backs are going to have a huge impact on this offense. But I think the way you're especially going to notice it is with Naheem Hines. Frank Reich said, and I've already talked about on the show, yep. he said, if I played fantasy football, I would draft Naheem Hines. They they haven't even tried to hide it this offseason that they want to get Naheem Hines the ball more. He's one of their three best playmakers on offense, and he needs to touch the ball. So whether it's in the backfield, whether it's in the slot, out wide, they're going to make Myheem Hines a priority and make sure they give him his touches and get the ball in his hands more often because it seems like whenever Naeem Hines has the ball, good things tend to happen. When we wrap up the offensive talk, do not let me forget to make a comment about Frank Wright. Um, I think Matt Ryan, it, it, bouncing back to the Matt Ryan conversation here, um, just because Tim asked a good question, I hope that the line can keep Matt healthy. What he lacks in mobility should make up for in quicker decision making as compared to Carson, the commander. Thoughts? Yes and no. I think again, I and I've talked about this on the show. Matt is somewhere in between Carson and and Phil Rivers in regards to mobility. He's very mobile in the pocket, and believe it or not, if he has to get you know take off and run, you know he's not Andrew Luck. Uh, but he's going to get more yards than Phil Rivers ever did. And probably more than Peyton Manning. You know, Peyton had a few highlight runs that are hilarious. I just saw like a highlight of his first ever touchdown run, which was or his longest touchdown run. Ridiculous and hilarious. But um, I expect to see Matt Ryan in the MVP conversation this year or next year. Oh, wow. I, th I think it's going to be one of those, why is this old guy in the MVP conversation kind of situations um i i do i think he's gonna light up the league i think it's gonna be a good year um he could use another weapon a wide receiver we're gonna get to wide receiver here um but yeah i i think matt ryan's gonna play very good football especially because of the the mini camp and the time to get in sync he's had more time than our last two new quarterbacks uh so i think it's gonna be interesting for the analytics guys out there, Matt Ryan has, over the past couple seasons, been one of the most accurate passers when throwing on the run. You wouldn't necessarily think about that, but, but even when he is outside the pocket, Matt Ryan can still deliver a very accurate ball. And, and when we're talking about mobility here, we're not talking about the, the Lamar Jackson, the, the Kyler Murray type of mobility, the scramble around guy. His ability not to get sacked. We're talking about the Tom Brady type of mobility. And yeah. and when we say that, Tom Brady is, has become an artist at, at being able to just make those tiny little moves, tiny little shifts in the pocket to be able to shake off defenders, to give him a, another half a second or a second even, so that way he can find his receiver down the field. And, and that's what Matt Ryan does. He's not a statue back there in the pocket where he can't make those lateral movements or, or step up quickly yeah. in the pocket or shake off a defender. He's able to do that and then deliver an accurate ball down the field. So that's, that's where I I think we're going to see that that difference in mobility is he's not going to take off and run like Carson Wentz, but he's going to be able to make those moves and still make those quick, accurate decisions there in the pocket. And I, to just my touch on Taylor and Hines, um, <clears throat> I do think both. I, I love the numbers that Matt and you are throwing out. Uh, Drake has, has joined the building. He's calling for 80 plus catches for Hines. Uh, I mean, it, it, because he will have situations where he's lined up at receiver with JT in the backfield. That's a great point to make. Uh, so it, it, 80s possibility. I don't think we're going to be looking at 80 for uh, JT. I don't, I don't think 80 catches for Hines, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was second on the team in catches behind Pittman. I could see him. Oh, yeah. I could. I could see him getting into the sixties and and being the 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 second leading receiver as far as catches for the Colts this season. I I I could agree with that. He's going to catch a lot of balls. Um, he might even have more all-purpose yards than Taylor this year. Uh man, I don't know about that. Just because of the catching, just uh, there's going to be like I said, there's going to be situations. He's on the field at the same time as JT. He's going to catch balls. 
where JT's being used as a decoy for runs. Uh, but it's all going to depend on it how would take a, it would take a lot of yards for, for Heinz to do that because while all purpose yards, I mean, you, Jonathan Taylor can get 1500 yards rushing alone. That's fair. Naheem Hines, I don't think he's ever had a season where he's above 700 in all purpose yards. So it's, he I hit a thousand this year. Let's say that he hits a thousand yards this year. Possibly. Probably. All right. You ready for wide receivers? Let's do it. All right, wide receivers. Andrew, the young wide receivers, can they step up? Uh, and not only, and, and you had this in the notes, right? Is can they step up next to Pittman? Can we get a true number two? Uh, but can they be effective enough to make Michael Pittman Jr. more effective? Because if he has somebody to take a little attention off of him, I think he does more damage as well. I don't think there's going to be necessarily one person that can take attention off of Pittman, like, like say, like a Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne mm -hmm. type situation. I right. think it's going to have to be by committee. I think it's going to have to be while you can't you can't shift all of your attention to Michael Pittman because of the way Frank Wright can scheme guys like Paris Campbell or Alec Pierce open if you are just focusing all over all on Pittman's side. I think. This Colts, the young Colts wide receivers have the potential to do that. I, I really liked what Alec Pierce did in spring practices. He he showed what the Colts kind of drafted him to be is that guy that can go up and get the ball, a guy that that's got that the definite speed and the the quick release to be that that Z wide receiver opposite of Pittman. And I wouldn't be surprised. Well, well, I don't think it's set in stone yet. I think Alec Pierce is still going to have to learn to have to earn his snaps to be that starting wide receiver on the outside, I don't think it's going to take long. And that's because the Colts coaches have really been working hard with Alec Pierce and really trying to catch him up to speed with the playbook as quickly as they possibly can. And Alec Pierce is a smart kid. He graduated as a, I think he was a, uh, an engineering major. I'd have to look at that again, but he graduated in three and a half years on a program that normally takes close to five to, to complete. So the kid's smart. He can get these yeah. things down quickly, but if the Colts coaches like Reggie Wayne and, and, and Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator, really spending that extra time with Alec Pierce to, to get the, the playbook down and get him fully immersed in this offense, that shows they have a lot of, not number one, a lot of confidence in this kid. And, and number two, they've got big plans for him in this offense. They want to be able to utilize him as quickly as possible. So. I think Alec Pierce, if there's anybody that can step up, I, I think it can be Alec Pierce, even though he is a rookie. And I think the Colts are counting on that. So <clears throat> I want to say to the question, which wide receiver do you think has the biggest impact outside of MPJ? I want to say Paris Campbell. I want to take a flyer and say Paris because we need him to be that guy, right? Uh, or we would we would don't necessarily need it, but we'd love for it to happen. But I think Alec Pierce ends up being that guy. Um, and then there's still this question, right, that Kyle Adams brings up: um, Do we have what we need at wide receiver? Do you think we bring back Ty? But another guy floating around out there still is Julio Jones. Uh, so I mean, there's still potential situations that um, maybe change this conversation. Uh, but also then Matt, you know, makes a point. We might lose a project wide receiver that we really like, like Patman or Strawn, if we if we go with a T.Y. or a Julio Jones. So it'll be interesting to see what, you know, how it shakes out in regards to any uh, possible veteran signing or re-signing. Um, but it, as of the roster right now, I would love to see Paris Campbell, but I, I don't have enough trust in that situation to make that guess. So I would, I would get, I'd be with you, Alec Pierce, probably the guy um, that has the biggest impact this season outside of Michael Pippen Jr. So on the veteran wide receiver front, the things that I'm hearing are that the Colts have been, have stayed in contact with T.Y. Hilton, yeah. but as of right now, they, there's nothing imminent as far as him signing with the team. T.Y. is, is staying in shape. He's ready to go in case that uh, the Colts or another team call upon him. But as of right now, nothing is imminent. As far as Julio Jones is concerned, I mean, we always talk about the connection with Matt Ryan and, and, and bringing Julio Jones into reunite. 
as far as everything that I've heard, the Colts really haven't made a push or haven't really even reached out to Julio Jones. That's that's really, uh, if there is going to be a veteran wide receiver signing, it's going to be T.Y. Hilton or or nothing at all. From from everything that I've heard, at least, it just doesn't seem like the Colts are are that interested in in Julio Jones. And Matt Ryan isn't necessarily making a big push for the Colts to sign Julio Jones either. So I, I think for 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 what they're looking for. It would be T.Y. Hilton because he already knows the offense. He's been yeah. in this system before. He knows the organization. It wouldn't True. be that big of a learning curve. And, and But at the same time, the Colts like their wide receiver group. And and we'll we'll see if they are proven right, whether this young group can can really can God, really I hope so, up. because they I, keep saying it every year and I keep not being happy with the wide receiver room. I hope so, too. But uh, they have they have faith. Obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. is is a number one wide receiver. And, and he said he, he well, he might be a number one wide receiver in Colts fans eyes. He wants to be a number one wide receiver, like a bona fide number one league wide. And we'll see if he can do that this year. They have a lot of faith in Alec Pierce. They have big plans for him. I think my big, bold prediction, you said how Matt Ryan's going to be an MVP candidate. I think Paris Campbell stays healthy all year. Here's my big, bold prediction. Campbell stays healthy, and he becomes a solid threat, a solid, consistent threat for this Colts offense. And Having three of those would be real nice. It would be. It'd be something that the Colts haven't had in a long time. But here's the thing. If Harris Campbell can stay healthy, I mean, the, the Colts still believe in him. Frank Reich yeah. and Chris Ballard said all offseason that they still believe in, in Campbell's talent. And that how many times have I said it? Ad nauseum. The talent isn't the question with Paris Campbell. It's if he can stay healthy. Paris Campbell practiced uh, solely with the number one offense in spring camp. That means yeah. if Paris Campbell is healthy, he's going to be the Colts slot receiver. There, there yeah. really isn't a question about that. They rotated in some guys like Ashton Doolin, Alec Pierce, Desmond Patman at the other one. At the well, one we one rotate receiver. guys around in every position. But Paris Campbell practiced solely with the first team offense. The only other wide receiver to do that was Michael Pittman Jr. That means the Colts want Campbell to be involved, and they they know his talent. His talent is worthy of a of a starting spot. So my bold prediction is I I believe in Campbell from what I've seen. From the freak injuries, this is the year that it happens. He finally stays healthy and that he becomes a consistent threat for this Colts offense. All right. Andrew, your Paris Campbell prediction is officially time-stamped. Yeah, I ought, to, I ought to throw a stream marker in here just to make sure we know. Um, we had interns. We could make that into a TikTok. Maybe I can. Uh, yeah, still looking for an uh, intern, uh, unpaid position, but a lot of fun. Um, yeah, let's move on from wide receiver battle amongst young tight ends, Andrew. It's going to be interesting in camp. Uh, we already know Mo Ali Cox is taking over that Jack Doyle role as the number one tight end. He's going to assume more of the blocking responsibility, but also kind of be that probably that security blanket. He's going to be the tight end that's out there the most. Mm -hmm. I think Mo Ali Cox has earned that. I mean, he over the years, he's just consistently gotten better and better. And, and I think at this point, now we can finally see how Mo Ali Cox can be in a bigger role. But the battle yeah. is going to be for for that second tight end spot because it's it's not kylan granson's to lose kylan granson is going to have to go out there and and, and earn, earn it. it jelani woods was drafted in the third round for a reason the colts are very high on jelani woods not only as his ability Bigger to too. six foot seven 260 pounds runs a four six forty that's a guy that keeps defensive coordinators up at night and yeah. and it's not only his ability to in the passing game, but they believe Jelani Woods can be a pretty damn good blocker as well. And what was one of the main reasons Kylan Granson didn't see the field a lot last year? It's because Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox were better, better blockers. blockers. Exactly. So, but, but how much more did we run the ball last year? Exactly. And then it is, so, it was a more run centric team. However, yeah. when you have a guy like Jelani Woods who possesses who possesses that receiving ability, because I don't, I think he's a more natural pass catcher than Mo Alley Cox is. So 
he can really compete with Kylan Granson for that move tight end role. And if Granson doesn't doesn't step up and doesn't prove that he can be a threat down the field or down the scene, I don't think Frank Reich is going to have any problems with sticking Jelani Woods in there and giving Jelani Woods some snaps. And I'm sure Matt Ryan would like to see uh, another big tight end like that in the red zone or even just down the scene for him to get some chunk plays like Jelani Woods. Trying to think, did Matt Ryan play with? Am I getting my red teams mixed up? Anthony Anthony Gonzalez played with Matt Ryan, didn't he? Tony Gonzalez. Tony? Anthony, Anthony Gonzalez was a Colts wide receiver. Tony Gonzalez, correct. Played with Matt Ryan. He's had he's had some good tight ends. I mean, Tony Gonzalez uh, was Algie Crumpler if we're going way back in the day, and then obviously Kyle Pitts. Now the tight end for the. Uh, yeah. For the Falcons, so okay. Matt Matt Ryan likes to use his his tight ends, and especially if they're if they're big guys with a huge catch radius, like Jelani Woods presents. If I had to make my prediction right now, I think Jelani Woods could possibly take over that spot from Kylan Granson. I don't know if it'll be to begin the season, but I think as the season goes along, you're going to see Jelani Woods featured more and more in this offense. So Kylan Granson better better take off, otherwise I think there's going to be going to be a big number eighty coming for his spot. All right, and the offensive line, Andrew. Do we real quick? What Kyle Stewart says? Am I the only one that is hyped to see what Ogletree might be with a couple years of development? Now Ogletree was the tight end that the Colts drafted in the sixth round, and he did impress in spring practices. Do I think he is there yet to contribute right away? Probably not. But the Colts like he's a former wide receiver turned tight end, so he can make some plays in the passing game. I still think he's a little bit ways away, and he'll probably have to start on special teams. But he's an interesting developmental prospect to watch. Offensive line, uh, Andrew. Last year was not even even though somehow some way. Uh, you know, the, Jonathan Taylor had the season he had because he's amazing. He's incredible. The offensive line had a better year in uh, run blocking than they did pass blocking, but they're known to be dominant in both. Um, do we bounce back this year uh, on the offensive line? I think the Colts definitely take a step forward with their offensive God, line. I, hope. I think let's number one. I don't think the injuries are going to plague them like it did last year. I mean, Ryan Kelly missing multiple games, not only with injuries, but, but with the, the personal tragedy that he had to go through, uh, Quentin Nelson having injuries from training camp on even before training camp, when he had his back surgeries all through the season with the, with the foot and the ankle, Braden Smith with his injuries, I mean, Eric Fisher, who's not even here, he him coming back from an Achilles. This offensive line is just a healthier unit heading into 2022. And I think that's going to be big, especially for those those two guys in the middle with, with Nelson and Kelly really leading the entire charge. I think yeah. that's going to be be the first key. But the second key is I think just 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 playing more together as a unit. You're not going to have guys shifting in and out of the lineup like like fisher and and matt Pryor and and yeah. and mark lewinsky and and chris reed you, you should have a solid starting five that that can become a cohesive unit mm -hmm. and, and really play together and, and i think lastly it's just going to be matt ryan being able to get the ball out quicker that's going to help the offensive line tremendously rather than having to block so long like they did with carson wentz uh only Four guards on the roster right now. Quentin Nelson, Danny Pilt, Pinter, uh, Will Fries, and Josh Seltzner. Josh, I thought uh, there was one other. There was one other guard, or there was a tackle guard combo. Well, Will Fries is a tackle guard combo according to Colts.com. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe it's further down and under tackle. No, I don't see. Anything. I thought I thought Josh Sutton was a was a tackle for the for the Colts. Could be wrong or a guard, excuse me. But not seen him. I I just think the Colts offensive line is is better set to to succeed. And then I mean, I'm asking about the depth in regards to that depth? guard position. I think it's fine. I, I think I think they have Danny Pinter can play, or Danny Pinter is probably going to be the starter at right guard. I've seen yep. some people say that that Will Fries could compete with that. 
mean, possibly, but the Colts are really high on Danny Pinter. And I think, I think Will Fries is really going to have to step up if he wants a chance to beat out Pinter. But, but you've yeah. got Will Fries in there. Um, you've got uh, Bernard, Spriggs. Bernard uh, Spriggs. Spriggs can play, uh, play guard in there, Jason Spriggs. Um, and then I think Bernard Raymond could even play some some interior along the offensive line if if need be. So that's I think they're they're pretty set at that depth along the interior. So not in your opinion much of a competition at right guard. What about left tackle? Left tackle is interesting. I think to start the season, I think I definitely think Matt Pryor is probably going to be the left tackle. Do I think yep. Bernard Bernard Raymond can? Do I think he can? eventually supplant Matt Pryor. I think if Matt Pryor starts to struggle and, and once Bernard Raymond starts to get his feet underneath him, that could possibly become a, mm -hmm. a, a competition, but we saw Matt Pryor play pretty consistent last year and I yeah. was happy with the way that he played. So I definitely believe, and I think he deserves to get that first crack at that, at the left tackle snaps. Raymond's definitely going to push him. I mean, the Colts really like what Raymond has, the athleticism and his ability and pass protection. But I think Matt Pryor should be able to hold up. But if not, I'm, I'm excited to see what Raymond can do in camp and through the preseason. I think the offensive line has, a, like you said, <clears throat> because I think there's going to be less discrepancy between who's starting where. Um, I, I, I hope we don't have a year of injuries like we did this past year. Um, somewhere in between last year and what was that the year before that, where we had no injuries on the offensive line or the year before right. that, maybe somewhere in between there would be great. I'd be fine with that. Quentin Nelson, hopefully he can stay healthy this year. Um, uh, that back has been an issue pretty regularly. Uh, but we'll see on that, but I think a step forward is, is a realistic, not just optimistic, uh, expectation. Nelson can normally play through his back spasms. He's done it his right. whole career. Last year, I think it was just the foot and the ankle and not allowing that ankle to fully rest and, and get healthy. That's what held him back. But from last time we heard from him before the Colts broke for the summer, he said this he felt as healthy as he's ever been in an offseason, didn't yeah. have any offseason surgeries. So, well, hopefully that will continue throughout the year and we won't have to listen or talk about any Quentin Nelson injuries? Any uh, predictions on who gets a big man touchdown this year? Kyle Stewart says. Hey, Bernard Raymond played some tight end at Central Michigan. He comes in as that extra offensive lineman, a little play action fake to JT and throw it over the top to the six foot seven Raymond. Could okay. see it. I'll just go with Andrew on that one, uh, to be completely honest. Um, overall feel for the offense heading into the season. Um, I'll go first, Andrew. Do it. Frank Reich has nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, no excuses this year. Matt Ryan's too good. Jonathan Taylor's too good. The wide receiver unit could be better, but you know what? That that's it's not all on him, but he plays a part and make you know, hey Chris, I need another wide receiver. If he needed another wide receiver, if he thought he needed one. Ballard probably makes that happen somehow, some way. It's not the case. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. He needs to keep defenses off balance this year with an amazing run game and using the passing game effectively to keep teams off balance because I, I, I think this offense on paper is too good to suck. So if they do, uh, I mean, there's no one to blame but Frank Wright. Yeah, I think I think this 2022 Colts offense is the best I've felt about a Colts offense in, in at least a couple of years. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's the best quarterback the Colts have had since Andrew Luck. Yep. Jonathan Taylor is is an MVP candidate and, and can running back we've had since Edron James. It could take it to the house every time he's got the ball. The biggest question on this team is just that young wide receiver core and if they can step up and, and come into their own. And I think if Paris Campbell can stay healthy and really become that consistent threat and the Colts can use him how Frank Reich has wanted to use him for, for three, four years now, Alec Pierce doesn't take too long to acclimate to the NFL game. I think the Colts could have a pretty scary offense this year and, and be in that top five to ten conversation of best offenses in the league. I really believe that. We'll talk about it 
We'll talk about it, Kyle. Uh, defense should give the offense plenty of opportunity. We'll talk about defense next week, but uh, I'll give you a little preview right now. I don't feel as great about the defense for some reason this year uh, as I have years past. Maybe I'm, I need to be pessimistic about one side of the football, uh, and I expect so highly of the offense. Maybe that's why, but uh, yeah. Uh, Tom, I hate the winter, so that's that's not a bad thought. Wish it started later in September, but by September, I'm ready. Uh, so also not mad about that. All right. Okay, well, I thought, thought I saw something that said John Fox passed away. I was like, geez. Uh, other Colts news. <laughs> geez. Uh, Colts announce training camp schedule. Uh, it's going to be the fourth year at Grand Park in Westfield. First practice, July 27th. Less than three weeks away, July 27th, and I will, I'll be there. So Jake and I will be down there covering Colts, Colts our new camp, boss, our new, new editor at, uh, at Horseshoe Huddle. Shout out to Jake. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be down there. The Colts were, were nice enough to give me media credentials. So I'll be at as many practices as I can make. Thanks to Matt uh, Matt Conti for that, but big name. Yeah. I'll, I'll as I'll I'll try to be as many practices as I can, getting inside information, getting those interviews for you guys, see it, telling you everything I see at camp and who's standing out. So I'm I'm excited. And most practices will range from twelve to one thirty. That seems wildly short. I mean, they're they're hot practices, man. Middle of the summer. Don't want to keep them out there for two, two and a half hours and just run the team dead in 95 degree heat. That's enough time to get some work in. I have phone calls at work that last longer than that. God, I would hate your job. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> we do have an insider this year. Stats, Matt. Thank you uh, for recognizing Andrew there. Uh, two weekend practices on the 30th of July and the 7th of August. Only one night practice. Uh, July the 30th of that, that weekend practice. That's my birthday. And unfortunately I won't be there cause I will be at uh, a wedding on the fiance side of the family, but Hey, maybe Brandon will want to go that weekend and uh, you just catch give me a that night pass. You just give me that pass <laughs> and I will go check it out. Um, <clears throat> maybe, maybe I'll go down there. Uh, I, nope. I have a wedding as well. What wedding are you going to? Uh, my cousin, my fiance's cousin down in Indy. Yeah. Damn. Different wedding. Uh, yeah, Paige actually said, are you sure we can go? That's Andrew's birthday. I said, weddings happen once. Andrew has a birthday every year. We'll wait till the 30th to make sure to block that hey, one off. Danny did buy us NASCAR tickets for the very next day in Indy. Brickyard? So that, Brickyard. That's my, oh, uh, that's my birthday present. Pretty excited that about fun. that one. That's fun. Maybe we'll get some tickets. Come on down. Uh, joint practice with the Lions on August 17th and 18th. I'm going to have to wear some knee pads on those days. Don't want to have Aiden Hutchinson biting my kneecap off. Come on out blowing. You don't need your knee blown out, for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> last practice of training camp will be August the 25th. Um, got a total number of practices there, Andrew? I thought it was 16 altogether, if I remember correctly. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think it's going to be exciting. Obviously, the joint practices are, are going to be the highlights of camp. Seeing how the Colts match up against, I mean, not only the Lions, but just for the players to be able to go up against somebody else uh, rather than the, their teammates. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch, especially how, since to see how Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman were last year in those joint practices. I think they're going to be looking to hit some people again. Nomadic Brian says marriage is a three-ring circus. Engagement ring, wedding ring, suffering. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, wonderful thing to say to two men who are getting married this fall. Uh, <laughs> our fiancés will probably love that. Uh, former Colts defensive tackle and Fox analyst Tony Goose Siragusa passes away. Uh, passed away. He was 55. Goose was always, I mean, he was he was with the Colts a little bit before our time, I think, in the in the 90s before we really well, we were we were children. So but but it was always fun to watch him on on Fox as as that sideline analyst. He always brought a fun energy to the game. And I I remember him him very, very fondly from those days. So pretty, pretty sad. He was he was very young. So um 
prayers to goose and spam that happened a couple weeks ago but when when we were gone but uh still definitely wanted to mention it today all right <clears throat> news around the league it's been a minute it has uh, been a minute. so some of this may be old some of it is old uh some of it might be new we're gonna find out actually yeah i can see already one that's new brown's quarterback to sean watson has reached a con has reached confidential sediments with settlements with 20 wow of the 24 civil lawsuits that were filed against him per attorney tony busby it is not over my friends it is not looking good for the browns there's there's still plenty plenty left and i mean while we were away the the nfl and and Deshaun Watson, they all had their their hearings and everything through their investigation. NFL still hasn't come out with their their uh their judgment or their penalty suspension wise on on Deshaun Watson. So that's still obviously pending. So it's still up in the air. And I, I know the Browns are hoping this is settled soon, but man, I I could see this going into training camp before there's an actual ruling from the NFL on yeah. on everything. Might be till the beginning of the season. Uh, real quick here, breaking the news. Uh, Tim Milliken apparently has snuck Jason Belser, a cold beer in his helmet, on his way off the field from uh, his Colts fan and Anderson back in the day. So that happened. Tim, I'd like to know what kind of beer you snuck Jason Belser. That's a pretty awesome story. I remember those days cool of, of uh, traveling down to Anderson when I was young to go to Colts training camp. But, man, if you haven't been to Westfield yet... If you haven't been to Westfield to, for training camp, phenomenal facility. Just just absolutely incredible. Never Great been time. to training camp. You should go this year. Can't. You might. I can't. I literally can't. <laughs> I don't, can I don't to know. Go on. Try the to go. second weekend day, maybe. Um, <clears throat> need to know what kind of beer. The Browns trade quarterback Baker Mayfield to the Panthers for a confidential confidential condition i could listen i couldn't read at work today either this is not this is not a just now issue i could not talk today brown trade quarterback baker mayfield to the panthers for a conditional who 2024 fifth round pick browns will also pay 10.5 million of mayfield salary for 2022 got through it finally got done baker mayfield no longer with the browns he moves on to the panthers it's hilarious that the panthers now have the first and third overall picks from the 2018 draft in baker mayfield and and sam darnold so it's it's pretty crazy that that the browns are i mean they had to pay that much of his salary just to basically give him away and browns and panthers play week one do you think baker mayfield wins a starting job over sam darnold by week one maybe not I by think, the end of the season yes i i would probably agree with that because i definitely think baker mayfield is a better quarterback than sam darnold but will baker mayfield have the mastery of the offense down by then That's will the he have the the timing down with the receivers we'll see and and the thing about this i didn't put this in our notes but baker actually took a three Update. and a half and milliken says budweiser carry on <laughs> Baker took a three and a half million dollar pay cut so that way he could be traded to the Panthers. That's how bad he wanted to get out of Cleveland. I don't believe it. Good for Baker, um, man. Man Camp says Baker will probably win the starting job, but the amount of picks they gave up for Sam. Oof. True. Very um, true. Andrew attends all games, Mr. Kemp. Uh, so he'll be at all of them. Uh, I'll be at a couple. I don't know which ones yet. What one did I tell you I was going to with you? Thought the Texans, maybe? I'd have to check. I'm also going to be in Shame. Dallas for the Colts-Cowboys at ATT go. Stadium. Anywho, uh, commanders and wide receiver Terry McLaurin agree to a three-year, $71 million extension with $53 million guaranteed. Sad day. Uh, but at least, uh, you know, Carson Wentz has somebody to force the ball to. Good for scary Terry, man. I mean, he's a Colts passed up on him and shouldn't have. They should have taken him in the second round of 2019. Uh, local kid was is from Indy. Uh, loved the Colts growing up, so would have loved him on the Colts. But, I mean, he Damn definitely shame. deserves it. I think McLaurin is a, easily a top-ten wide receiver in the league. 
Steelers and safety Mika Fitzpatrick agree to a four-year $73.6 million extension, including $36 million guaranteed, making him the highest-paid safety in the NFL's history. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick is a game-changer. Good football he, player. Very good. I mean, ever he was a great football player with the Dolphins. How long till Jamal Adams is bitching that he wants an extension in a race? Jamal, I mean, if I was the Seahawks, wouldn't give it to him, considering Jamal Adams really hasn't done anything since that trade. And it's looking like a terrible trade for the Seattle Seahawks. But Mika Fitzpatrick, easily one of the best safeties in the game, maybe the best safety in the game. Definitely up there. So uh, definitely well-deserved. Raiders and wide receiver Hunter Renfro, a.k.a. the greatest slot wide receiver of all time, apparently agree to a two-year $32 million extension with $21 million guaranteed. I can't get over the Hunter Renfro side-by-side -side with DK Metcalf memes online and how which one of these guys had a better season in 2021, and it's pissing me off. Hunter Renfro. Is he a top five route runner in the NFL? Maybe. He's, man, he's so dirty. You watch his releases and everything. He can shake cornerbacks out of their cleats. It's incredible. Well, again, well-deserved. I think that's a steal for Hunter Renfro. I really do. Um, I mean, Tim Milken, buddy, you've got stories. Um, Bucks tight end, Rob Gronkowski announces his retirement on instagram uh that's his second retirement uh maybe he's gonna pull his best tom brady impression and come back well his uh his age i think he's represented by drew rosenhaus said that that if if tom brady came calling in the middle of the season that gronk would pick up then tom brady old tom brady our, our friend close personal friend tom brady sent out a tweet of that one meme of that guy holding the phone. And I hate how funny Tom Brady is on Twitter. It's but so man, it's hilarious. It's so it's just like him in our in our chat. Yeah. Dude, what if we found out years later that it was actually Tom Brady? I'd cry. That'd, that'd be the most hilarious thing of this entire myself. podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Um Lions signed Devin Funches will move the former wide receiver to tight end. Dude opts out of a season after missing a whole season for injuries, gets injured again and says, fuck it. I like being fat. I'll play tight end. Make it explicit. Hey, guess who the guess who's going to be coming to Westfield? The Lions with Devin Funches. So he's going to be back with facing the Colts in practice. That'll be a fun sight to see. Maybe, maybe we'll see Darius Leonard uh, put a little hit stick on him. Boy, this next one just raised my eyebrows. Richard Sherman will join amazon to be part of the thursday night broadcast still open to playing in 2022 we'll join ryan fitzpatrick and tony gonzalez holy shit isn't amazon all thursday night games this year amazon is all thursday night games so it's gonna be um al michaels and kirk herbstreet in the booth but richard sherman ryan fitzpatrick tony gonzalez they're gonna be the main guys for the i think it's pregame halftime and postgame shows all three of those guys phenomenal uh personality yep. so that's that's gonna be a fun show to watch uh my grandpa said oh you know we can't watch any of the thursday night games you know they're putting them on amazon what the hell's amazon i said i'll come set up the app he goes well i gotta watch it on my computer i was like well, i'll make sure you can watch thursday night football Gramps. don't worry <laughs> look at tom brady saying sad to see grunt go hopefully he enjoys retirement man i hope you enjoyed retirement very soon as well tom brady Rumors were a McAfee cast, but Pat brushed it off. Interesting. Interesting. Pat's getting paid 30 mil from uh from FanDuel, and then he's got the WWE deal. Yeah, true. Here's who will get Sunday night football or NFL Sunday ticket rights, Disney Plus, Apple TV, or Amazon Prime. False. None of the above. I pray to God. Just my actually my, no, I actually I do want one of those streaming sites to get it because I don't the NFL's apps blow. But I, if the NFL has half a brain, they'll stream it themselves. They would. My money's on Apple, though, because Amazon's getting involved, so Apple's not going to be far behind. That's fair. That's and fair. And Apple, Apple's got the 
capital to do it. We still have one year to get through a direct TV. My mom and dad are talking about possibly canceling. So I might have to, you know, pay a college kid to use their email address uh, <laughs> to be able to get the uh, streaming only version. Um, Ravens linebacker Jalen Ferguson has died. He was 26. Yeah, really sad story. Um, he, this was a couple weeks ago as well, and the, the toxicology report came out, and it said like there were there was some fentanyl and some other uh, substances in his system at the time. So really, really sad because he was, from all accounts, it seemed like he was a good teammate, uh, mm-hmm. a, a family man. But uh, yeah, messing with that kind of stuff, it's not good. So real sad. Well, rest in peace. Way to end it on a high note, Andrew. I don't know why I let you make these outlines, uh, but that that's what we do. Um, if you would, please. I see some new names in here. See some new faces. Do us a favor. Go share our show with your friends. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at a Colts podcast. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your grandpa. My grandpa doesn't watch a show uh but like i said i gotta download probably prime onto an amazon fire stick or something show them how to use it uh so don't worry about me in my life but go tell your friends and family uh to watch show rate it on apple podcast and now spotify actually has ratings as well they do so if you listen there check that out uh subscribe and hit the bell on youtube so you can see when we're going live because we do uh switch it all up quite a bit thank you tim tell your mom tell your dad tell your friends uh get them to watch as well share it on uh, all the social media retweet us do all the things uh andrew do you have anything else to send us out with man it's good to be back i can't wait for the colts to get back to training camp can't wait to be down there 2022 season's right around the corner so it's gonna be fun go colts. it sure is and hey go colts go colts Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.